you're gonna make a phone call, make a thousand. You know, don't make five. If you're gonna if you're gonna go door to door, don't stop at one door or five doors. Go to five hundred. It's not just about losing weight. Usually, it's just achieving their goal, whatever that may be. And for a lot of people, I try to make it personal. And say, outside of the scale, what you know, what's a goal? You know, for some, it's I want to put my wedding dress back on. For some people, it's you know, I can't ride my horse with my kid anymore. So it's not always about the scale or the mirror. Sometimes it's about mobility, or whatever. So I try to work in, you know, pull into that with my client and say, don't don't forget the goal here isn't a scale number. The goal here is we need to get you back on your horse. It worked really well, um, and to date, uh, I haven't had anybody not succeed, so that's a really good feeling. Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. All right. Well, I'm here to talk to you today with my friend, Jameson Reeves. He is a multi-entrepreneur. Yes, he owns a uh, location called Decatur's Automotive. He has rentals. He's in a startup right now with a building called The Loom. And he does one-on-one coaching for weight loss and goal setting. I'm going to have Jameson talk to you a little bit today about overcoming adversity and living your dreams. So, Jameson, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I've uh, never done this before, but this is kind of breaking the ice for me, so I appreciate it. Oh, man, I'm excited to have a local business owner on the show. And what I found is that every business owner has a story. I know you to be a very <laughs> person, you know, and... Uh, you know, not just the story of your business, because I already know some details, and I'm sure our audience will uh, really enjoy hearing and feel inspired by. But first, just you as a perch, uh, you as a person. Um, where are you from? Let's let's do that first. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm born and raised right here in Athens. Uh, well, I was born in Tawanda, but uh, raised in Athens. Graduated from Athens in 06, so I've, I've been a local my whole life. So, okay. And uh, what would you say if somebody asked you, what was the greatest adversity that you've ever faced in your life personally? Oof. Um, that, that is probably uh, maybe a cliche answer, but losing my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he, he was my guy. He, he's the one that taught me everything I know about how to make a buck and, uh, now, you know, don't take no for an answer. And, you know, he instilled a lot of uh, good, you know, good qualities. And when he was gone, it was no, no longer there to kind of, bounce ideas off of and stuff like that that was that was a tough one so um that would probably be the number one thing that uh hit me the hardest and what do you mean by that don't take no for an answer i mean it sounds like a good lesson but how did you apply that how did that? it's it's just one of those things and it doesn't mean you know in a sales call don't take no for an answer but like don't take no for an answer on a goal that you've set for yourself no don't you know and it's always been for him you know Where's the next source of, you know, where source of inspiration or what can we do here? How can we make money with this certain saying? Um, you know, my dad was just one of those guys that was a go-getter. Uh, and he, if he got told no 50 times, he would ask, 
you know, 50 more people. Um, and that's just, that's just how he was. And, uh, he accomplished a lot of stuff in a short amount of time by kind of just willing his way. And it starts with, you know, not giving up basically. Yeah. And it kind of fits into your o- overcomers podcast. I mean, he had a lot to overcome, a lot more than me and he, he was super successful. So, you know, I try to take as much of that as possible. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we can honor your father today with his stories. You know, I love listening to motivational speakers like Les Brown or Jim Rohn. And, you know, okay. talks about being a door-to-door TV salesman and getting the door <laughs> in his face so many times. And he's like, you know, there must be a yes out here somewhere. Jim Rohn was like, you know, ratio will develop. Maybe it's 100 to 1. And so yep. maybe talk to a thousand people to get 10 customers, but a ratio will develop. And yeah. Jim Rohn's big one is a uh, massive action. He said, you know, taking action is one thing, but take massive action. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make a phone, if you're going to make a phone call, make a thousand, you know, don't make five. So if you're going to, if you're going to go door to door, don't stop at one door or five doors, go, go to, you know, go to 500. So yeah, I love Jim Rohn. He's uh he's, he's one of my favorite uh, speakers to listen to. Yeah. I listen to him when I'm working out and stuff. I, I've listened to most all of his stuff. Oh, that's really good. Take massive action. Hear that overcome. Massive action. Here's your first note of the podcast. So if you're gonna what was it? If you're gonna make calls. If you're gonna take if you're gonna take action, yeah. add a word and make add he said add an adjective of massive. Massive action. Don't make five phone calls, make a thousand. That was that's his big thing is massive action. I love that. That's really good. So how long have you been without your father now? Sounds like he was a great influence. Yeah, this would be year four. Um, I was pretty much, you know, not where I am today, but, uh, you know, I, I was set up, I was, I ran Decatur's, I owned Decatur's for, geez, going on nine years now. Um, so I had owned Decatur's for a while and I had been in a business ownership position. Uh, but since then it's, I don't know if, you know, maybe in hindsight at some point when I look back, him passing might've been an inspiration to start Orion Focus, uh, maybe to buy the rentals. You know, and the loom is a joint venture with my brother, and it's called Reeves Legacy Investments. It's kind of, uh, you know, we we wanted to get back into business together, you know, as, you know, a little bit of an ode to him. Um, So he kind of, even even after he's, you know, been gone, both me and my brother, who, you know, he he had massive influence on both of us, have continued to push forward and kind of using his legacy as motivation. You know, we got, we have uh, standards to uphold and and we have... um, you know, he, he set very high precedent for us. So we kind of feel some obligation to that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And your father brought you two brothers together because he was an entrepreneur himself, right? You worked with him yeah. in family business. Mm-hmm. What was that? Yes. So um, he's had a business called DNR Steel Construction since I think I was five or six. That was his, uh, his bread and butter, DNR Steel Construction. They did everything from metal fabrication to erection and stuff like that. But my dad was always looking for a side hustle, always working on a side gig. You know, he would, you know, in his steel construction business, he'd make dumpsters and rent them out personally. And um, one thing led to another. But uh, the big one was that that me, my brother and my father worked on together was um, Reeves Business Park. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, I guess, 12 years now or so ago. Um, we, my dad wanted to build a building right around the gas boom time. He wanted to build a storage building for DNR steel construction. As we were building it, some Texans rolled in and decided, you know, they'd offer to rent the space. My dad leased it out, decided to build another one and another one and another one. And that turned into what now I think it's got 14 
warehouses, probably 130,000 square feet of building on 16 acres of land and a rail spur. All of this was just because he took, he seen an opportunity and ran with it. So um, he actually asked me to quit my job and I was working as a, you know, a Honda technician. I worked for a Honda dealership working on cars. That was kind of my drive. He asked me to quit my job and come work for him and help him manage this, this massive facility that he was building. And I did everything from run bulldozer to unclock toilets to collect rents and, and pay the mortgage and uh, you name it. I plowed the snow, you know, I was just there to do whatever it, it took to get this thing up and running and keep it going. So we did that for about five years and it was up and running and my dad was kind of retiring. And that's when me and my brother came to an agreement to, um, he wanted to buy me out. Basically he wanted to be this, if, if dad was out of the picture, he didn't, uh, want to be direct partners with me, I guess me and him kind of did a little bit of this, but it was always in, in, good and that never really negative with me and him, but he, he gave me an offer and, um, one thing led to another and, and dad approved. So I took his offer. I didn't take anything. I just I just left with some security to go buy Decatur's and, and start my own thing. But um, that's kind of where it all started. And that's probably where I learned the most from him that's is in those years. Um, yeah. You know, you talk about like being the CEO, really, the chief everything officer for your father. Right. I mean, you were doing it all to get it done, right? Yeah. And, uh, whatever it took. So I was going to ask you. What lessons did you learn in working for your father during that time that you're currently applying today in your own business? Um, probably one of the biggest ones um, are, uh, you know, risk for reward. It's a very real thing. Um, he he was one of those guys. He took all the risks. Mm-hmm. He took all of them. And I can't, I mean, if I wrote him out or if he wrote him out on how many times he took a chance on something and it failed, we'd run out of ink in our pen. Like he, he just took a risk on everything. But though, when you take the chances in, in every opportunity that's presented to you, one of them's going to hit. And that was kind of his big thing. It's like, you know, there's, there's always going to be an opportunity somewhere. And, you know, he'd invest in five things and maybe one of them worked out. Um, and I don't mean like business opportunities or, or anything like that, but to expand DNR or, or whatever. But that was probably the biggest one. And on top of that is um, when you are the boss, you know, you, everything is on you. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn how to, you know, deal with that responsibility. Um, that was a big one because he was always stressed out. I never understood why. And my dad, my dad carried a lot of stress. And one of the reasons he's not with us today, I'm, I'm fairly certain, is, you know, he carried a lot of stress. Uh, payroll day was, you know, stressful at times, certain times of the year. Um, these things you know, were something that you don't really realize until you see your father kind of like stressed out on a regular basis. But, um, I try to mitigate that in my life, but it still happens. You know, he dealt with it well. Um, but he always went to work. He was up every morning. It didn't matter if we were on vacation, he was up at six forty-five and ready to go do something. Um, and it didn't matter what the challenge was. He always, you know, you find five guys to tell you, you can't do it. And he'll be the one to tell you, you can. So, um, very positive, forward-thinking guy, and uh, above all the things, you know, as lucky as I feel like I am, having him as my dad was definitely, and I don't even mean in like an emotional sense, but just having somebody like that in my life since the time I was six. Yeah, my dad had full custody from the time I was six, um, and it was just, you know, if I wanted to make money, he would give me something to work on. If I wanted to buy a car, he would say, you know, you work for... 30 hours and you come up with half the money and I'll loan you the other half. Um, that, that work ethic and that, that 
mindset of, you know, if you want something, just work for it. You know, I can probably parse out a million different cliche things that he taught me, but he did it constantly every day, you know, from the time I was six. So really good. What a great role model to have, you know, as you were sharing some of those things, like he'd invest in things and, you know, one would work out. I'm hearing that, you know, we talked about motivational videos earlier. I'm hearing that Arnold Schwarzenegger video, don't be afraid to fail. <laughs> yep. Yep. So it's cliche, but yeah, yeah they, they don't remember your failures. You know, that's the, that's always the big one. As long as you keep going, you can never fail. If you keep trying all of those cliche things, you know, they're easy to say and you read them on paper and they, they seem a little mindless when you've heard them a million times, but when you actually apply them to the things that you're doing or the things that maybe your father has done, you're like, shit, he had to have, he had to really take a risk here. He risked everything for, for this facility. And now it's a $12 million facility and 13 tenants and, you know, all because he took a risk. But when he didn't never had the money, he didn't have the money to do it then. But, um, yeah, it's, it's very cliche at times, but, um, it, it always makes sense, you know, when you apply it to a situation like that. Really good. So your brother buys you out and you yep. start automotive. What was it? Just smooth sailing from day one? It was a, a great. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, w- I wish I could say that. So um, it was kind of one of those perfect storm scenarios. So when I left my my other business, the, the Reese Business Park, um, basically the the proposition that um, that I gave to my brother um, in order to, for me to kind of bow out and, and go our separate ways is, you know, I don't want money up front because for one, the business was tight as hell at that point. It still is. It always is. And that's how business is. But it wasn't like he was going to be able to sign me a big check over. Um, I said, listen, I just want to have security so I can keep a roof over my head and feed my family while I go try my own thing. So basically I just stayed on payroll and I went and bought Decatur's Automotive. Um, and it was very happenstance. I was talking to James, the body shop manager, um, and the owner overheard me saying how I planned on, you know, buying a building and starting an automotive repair facility. It's kind of one of my my dreams, I guess, I always had is to start my own shop and work on cars. And she overheard this and she called me that night and she said, hey, I, I overheard you talking to James about wanting to start your own business. Um, what do you, do you have any interest in buying our business turnkey, you know, the way it sits. And I thought, well, sure, but I, I don't have that kind of money saved up. And one thing led to another and we came, we came to a price that, that was, you know, agreeable on both of our ends. And, um, I, instead of starting from zero, I was presented with the opportunity to start with the caters automotive. Um, and it's, it's been good, uh, definitely, you know, not easy. Obviously, uh, you've been in your fair share of businesses. Um, there's always hurdles and that you don't even imagine will come up. But uh, we've been through them all in the last eight and a half, nine years. And uh, there's al- it's always something. There's always, you know, there's always employee issues or, you know, parts issues or cash flow issues. But, you know, as, as the old adage goes, you got to just keep working forward. So, um, but things are going well. We've, in the last eight years, over tripled sales. Um, from where it was when I bought it. And it, was a, it wasn't a brand new business. I mean, they've been in business for 25 years. Um, so we, we nearly tripled sales in the first seven years. Um, and we've done a lot of improvements. And I, I mean, I have a lot of more aspirations for the place. And I'm doing other things now. So I'm doing, you know, my Orion Focus Consulting. We've got the loom. I have my Reeves Real Estate. But that's still, I, I still go to work there every day. 
and I spend as much time in there as possible. Um, because that's, you know, that's kind of my, my baby, that's my bread and butter. And that's where kind of my entrepreneurial life started out, out of the umbrella that is my father and my brother. Um, so it's my own thing. And, um, yeah, uh, just, it, it's, it's definitely got a different spot, you know, as far as what's important to me. Yeah, you know, one of the stories I was impressed by, which, by the way, I, I, be, I believe that tripling your sales is a testament to the great customer service that you guys have there. You know, I've been a customer of your business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that being said, early on, it seems that you you sought help beyond yourself. You know, somebody that would come in and act as a consultant and, and teach you. Oh, yes, yes. Books, right? Uh, which, and that was a hard decision. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that because you know, I think that that's a lesson for everybody that when you're absolutely, you can keep bumping your head and try to figure it out yourself or you can make an investment and in that investment, sometimes, uh, you know, really save yourself some time and, and money, you know, so. Uh, yeah. So absolutely. I had this, uh, this salesman and, you know, the same adage goes, he didn't take no for an answer. He came in and he said, Hey, I'm with this company called, uh, ATI Automotive Training Institute. And we teach shop owners how to do X, Y, and Z and how to increase your profit margins and, and this kind of thing. And I've heard it all before. You know, I've been you know, every snake oil salesman and, you know, I, they, they just walk in off the street and want to sell you something or, you know, sell you an ad space or whatever. So I kind of blew him off and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't have time for that right now. I'm busy running the business. And, and he came back and he said, have you given it any thought? And of course I said, I did when I, I hadn't really. And he said, look, you, you got just, just five minutes. And he explained to me, you know, that they have some guarantees set up and, you know, they guarantee, you know, that they'll make you more money than they're costing you. But it was a very, it was a huge expense. It was $50,000 over four years. It was a massive expense. And I said, you, you're just, it just sounds too good to be true. And in, in, in my life, and I'm sure yours, usually when it sounds too good to be true, uh, there's a reason for it, you know, it, it, it's not going to flash out. So uh, he basically told me that if, if it comes to a point where they're not making more money than they cost them, I don't pay them. Mm -hmm. And they said they're they're leaning on the fact that they have a seven to one return ratio. You know, for every dollar you spend with them, you make seven more. And I just thought, listen, buddy, there's there's just no way. So one thing led to another. I went to a seminar. He's like, just come to the seminar. Listen to what we have to say. It's two hours long. And I just thought, you know, this is some BS. This is some scheme. Um, but they had a lot of very good information and I thought, wow, I'm basically learning from the people that I bought it from how to run this business. And I don't know the inner workings. I don't know if they knew them really well. They had a successful business, but you know, maybe they were leaving some meat on the bone or, or something like that. Um, and in this two hour, uh, consult with them, I learned so much, you know, I could have just, I could have just taken what I had from that, that two hour, um, seminar and went back and applied those things and made made myself some money for sure uh, but i decided to sign up and it was basically in hindsight what i do now it was day-to-day -day coaching you know what are you doing right what are you doing wrong what are you supposed to be hitting for gross profit margin those kind of things and it was it was a massive breakthrough for me and if i look back on my gross profit margin when i you know when i signed up with them versus what it is now and i compare it to the sales that i have now that fifty thousand dollar investment netted me, you know, I would say, you know, somewhere in that eight to ten times my money's range, if not more. Um, and it was one of those situations where I did, I was able to step out of my own ego and say, I don't know it all. 
maybe these guys do know more than I do. And I was able to, uh, you know, take some advice and heed their warnings and how to do certain things. And that wasn't easy. You know, I was, let me see, this was uh, eight, nine years ago. I was 28, you know, 28 years old, own my own business. Yeah. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to just, you know, step back and take somebody's word for it and, and listen to them. But taking that in hindsight you know, from somebody that knew more than me about one subject matter, taking that advice and, and time with them, because it was also a time consuming endeavor. I had to spend an hour on the phone each week with, with a consultant and literally the same person every week was telling me what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing right, how to fix things. Um, and again, now that I look back, you can consult anybody on anything. If you're a subject matter expert, you can consult, you know, you know, you can consult people on how to do a podcast right now just because you know how to do it or whatever. Um, and that's super helpful that, that it, it literally saved me years uh, of sales growth by listening to somebody that knew more than me. So maybe that's something to do why, why I decided to become a consultant for, for weight loss and goal setting and stuff like that. But um, that was a massive, a massive investment. It was a huge risk, I thought, at the time. But um, taking taking that risk was a, definitely a profitable one. Yeah, a great lesson there. A great lesson, you know, to just let, set your ego aside, uh, learn from somebody that's a little further down the road than you, and, yep. and you know, really uh, put yourself on the fast track to be success. Uh, so that's just super important. Let's talk about, uh, you know, your Orion business. Um, sure. What made you decide to get into that? How does it work? You know, uh, well, that's a, it's a funny story, and I've told this one a handful of times, but um, I was. Uh, somewhere probably around the time I bought skaters, I was like 208 pounds. I'm, I'm, I'm five, six, five, seven, depending on who you ask. I'm 208 pounds. And, uh, I had a gym in my basement. I worked out pretty regularly. Uh, I never really could stick to the greatest diet, but I tried. And, uh, one day I just kind of, I had one of those, those epiphanies where I was like, Hey, you're fat. I said, there's no, you know, I, I just was like, there's no, there's no way around it. You are 208 pounds. You're, you're five, seven. Um, you know, we got all the gym equipment and you, you, you know, what's your, what is your excuse? I literally just said, well, what's my excuse? And I didn't have one. So I started all the diets. I tried them all. I tried, you know, the high protein. I tried this, I tried that. And I landed on a, a ketogenic diet. And that's the base. That's the basis of my program for my clients for weight loss is, you know, high fat, low carb. It, it's pretty standard now. Um, and it worked for me. It worked really well. And I just got super into it and I learned as much as I can about it and, you know, how it works and why it works and how fats don't make you fat and sugars do and, you know, all the cliche stuff, but I stuck with it. That was the first time I stuck with one of these fad diets. And now, I mean, five, six, whatever, seven years later, I just don't eat sugar. You can ask anybody that knows me. I just steer clear of sugar on a regular basis and it's worked out for me. So... I had a bunch of people. I lost 50 some pounds, 52 pounds or something like that in six months mm -hmm. on my own. Uh, right. And I started getting people out. How'd you do that? How'd you do that? How'd you do that? Right. I just said, you know, I stuck to the keto diet. I did it pretty strictly. I counted my macros and, um, well, I need to lose some weight. Can you help me? And this was, you know, one of my wife's friends, I think was the first one. Um, and I said, yeah, sure. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. And so they started checking in with me and sending me their their weight each morning. And I asked them what they're going to eat that day. And we started planning ahead. And one thing led to another. And I had three more people. Hey, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? And I, I really enjoy doing it. It's a super rewarding process when you can help somebody achieve a goal, like just in general now. Like if you can help somebody achieve one of their goals in your gym, I'm sure that's, you know, that's motivational for you. It, it's rewarding. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So, so uh, one thing turned to another, and then it got to like my last, I would say, friend client before I went public and, and started taking on clients that I didn't know. Uh, it was one of my wife's friends, and she said I had to lose 50 pounds by X amount of date because I have wedding photos. I said, yeah, I mean, I you can do it. If you do what I tell you to do, we can we can lose the weight. And she did it. She lost the weight, and she, she felt, felt phenomenal. And um, this is kind of where Brittany comes in. She helped me. She's like, why aren't you doing this for like a, for like money? Why aren't you doing this as a, as a service for people? And I said, I don't, I don't know. I never really considered it. And, um, she kind of planted the seed in my head and I went and I made a whole website. I had all these ideas in my head and I just continued doing it for free. I never really thought much of it. And, and until we just, me and her sat down and she, we decided on how to do it. You know, she, she knew some people that wanted to help and one thing led to another. And I said, okay, so we made a logo. We made, we made, we came up with a pricing system and, and all this stuff. And I, my inbox wouldn't stop going off, you know, like, you know, I need help, I need help, I need help. So I actually had to make a waiting list in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, um, I kind of took the time to develop a system, you know, set macros and, you know, try to teach people about what macros are what and, and, you know, explain to people it's always, you know, calories in, calories out, increase your output, decrease your input, that kind of thing. And I just held them accountable because everyone seems to know what to do. You know, everyone's like, oh, I know I shouldn't eat carbs, but they just, they just can't hold themselves accountable. So that daily accountability, and for some of them, it's hourly accountability as far as, hey, are you still fasted? Do you plan on eating dinner tonight? Whatever. Um, and I got really good results. I mean, I've had clients lose 120 pounds and, you know, I've, I've had many clients lose 30 pounds in the first 30 days. Um, and it, when I tell them that in a console that, Hey, in, in two months, you could lose 50 pounds. If you really tried, um, it seems impossible and it, and it has to be a certain scenario. Not everyone can do it, but it's definitely been done before. I've done it with clients. Um, I've got clients that think that, you know, it's going to take them a year to lose 40 pounds. So, um, when you really put your nose to the grindstone and, and you do the right things right from jump street, the results are good. So I've had dozens and dozens of clients now and not a single one that didn't achieve their goal, whatever that may be. Everyone's got different goals. Um, and so it's just been the super rewarding thing that kind of turned into a business and we, we've moved into kind of tree being a, a content company as well. Brittany makes, um, you know, reels of different ketogenic foods and snacks and, you know, items that you could keep with you and, and stuff you can make long-term. And that, that really helps, you know, clients or not clients that really helps people, you know, get ideas for keto and how to hit your macros and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I, we even have an online course of, you know, what I had written out for my clients. We decided to put that as a package and, and sell that, you know, if you want to do it yourself, here's what to do. It's a six week program. Um, and all of these things just came out of thin air. They right. came out of putting putting pen to paper and, and you know doing things and um, like I said doing them as in helping people lose the weight and again it's not just about losing weight usually it's just achieving their goal whatever that may be and for a lot of people I try to make it personal and say outside of the scale what you know what's a goal you know for some it's I want to put my wedding dress back on for some people it's you know I can't ride my horse with my kid anymore for some people it's you know, I can't go hiking like I used to, or I want to ride the motorcycle with my husband, but I need to lose 30. You know, and so it's not always about the scale or the mirror. Sometimes it's about mobility or whatever. So I try to work in, you know, pull into that with my clients and say, don't don't forget the goal here isn't a scale number. The goal here is 
we need to get you back on your horse or we need to get you down that hike with your kids. So, um, that usually helps. And I I try to come up with many different ways to motivate clients and seems to be, uh, you know, I don't like to toot my own horn much, but it seems to be what, what I've come up with and what, uh, kind of documented and used going forward. And, And I've definitely, you know, uh, evolved the program, but it worked really well. Um, and to date, uh, I haven't had anybody not succeed. So that's a really good feeling. And so is it, uh, it's strictly like, is it like virtual nutritional counseling or is it, um, you know, cause I mean, maybe they hop on a zoom or do they just text with you or an email with you or, or how does that? So, yeah, I've got clients all over the country. Um, I've had them from you know, Florida and New Jersey and I have one from, uh, Idaho, I think. Um, so basically we FaceTime just kind of like we're doing right now about what their goals are. You know, maybe it's a weight goal, maybe it's a personal goal. Um, tell them, you know, what I think they could do differently and how I could help them. And, um, yeah, then it, basically I, I message them every single day, morning, noon, and night, you know, making sure they have a plan, making sure they're working towards their goal and they're getting, you know, we've kind of adopted the motto. I don't think we invented it, but we've adopted the motto of 1% better each day. Like if you, if you, you know, if you failed yesterday, that's going to happen. We're going to not fail today. Or, you know, if you lost, you know, a half a pound yesterday, we're just going to try to keep doing that every week. We're going to lose that three pounds or whatever. Um, and it's just daily accountability. I use WhatsApp is how I communicate with my clients and, um, yeah, reach out to them, make individually set up their goals and, and hold them accountable. I build schedules. To say, hey, if you want to lose X amount of pounds or build X amount of muscle, you're going to need to build, you got to lose three pounds this week and three pounds, you know, and we we schedule it out. And that kind of really seems to make this, sometimes it's a massive goal, right? For a lot of people, it's, you know, I got to lose 50 pounds. I don't know where to start. Well, you got to start with five. Right. You sure. know, you got to, you got to start with one and that turns to five and then you push to 10. And then before you know it, you're working towards 25, which is halfway. Um, and you know, the whole, how do you eat an elephant thing? Mm-hmm. All that is, you know, it's one bite at a time. And for some, just having somebody tell them, Hey, I know you're a, a married mother with kids or, you know, you're, you're married with kids. Um, and you put everyone else in front of yourself. And that's a very common trait amongst all my clients. Usually they're middle-aged women that make sure their kids get to their soccer practices and their husbands have their dinner on the table and, you know, whatever it may be, they're at their PTA meetings, whatever. Uh, but they don't make time for themselves. They don't make time for themselves to go to the gym or to prep their food or, or to worry about themselves. So just sometimes telling them, hey, carve out some time for yourself and you know, let's work on this is is super motivational to them. And um, like I said, it, it just, it works with the daily accountability. And a lot of my clients need to FaceTime more often than others or, or whatever. And I've met plenty of them in person, um, just whatever it takes, honestly, for them. If they're willing to pay me for my time. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure they hit those goals. So That's awesome. You know, it sounds like in the beginning, yeah. you know, fitness enthusiasts, I'm sure are enjoying listening to this. The, the ketogenic diet has one hands down when compared to other diets. So uh, sure. great diet to talk about. Uh, for entrepreneurs listening, it sounded like, you know, you, you put up a, a website and came up with a pricing system and then your inbox kept going off. You know, was there any, uh, any form of advertising or you know how do you get these clients across the country well uh one big one big tool i had was Brittany, the the girl Brittany cooley um she's the one that kind of pushed me along to start this as a as a quote-unquote business um she had a huge reach on facebook but that was literally it we didn't spend money on ad space we didn't 
we didn't do it was just word of mouth and then it was friends of friends like you know i had people asking me to help them before i did it as a as a full-time job if you will and i said well hey everybody that i've helped in the past that i uh, i did it for free out of the kindness of my heart let's say i just reached back to them and i said hey if you know anybody send them my way now i'm doing you know send them this link so i think you know one of those reap what you sow kind of things i don't think if i didn't do it for free <clears throat> And just learned how to do it well for, you know, it probably a year that I probably, I wouldn't be as good at it. And I wouldn't have had as much success with the the clients once I made it an actual business because I just did it for free for a long time. And, um, you know, this is the gem run thing too. Like you just learning a skill and I didn't learn it from, you know, another coach by per se, but I learned how to be a good coach by doing it for free. And then once I made it a full-time business, I said, Hey, I helped you last year lose 40 pounds if you know anybody that's looking or can you write me a review and um one thing led to another and i had enough i had enough i guess experience and and you know people enough people that knew about me to make it a full-time thing that's awesome do you text every client three times a day or do you just say text the uh, high risk clients three times a day uh if i text a client three times a day something's wrong it's probably more like 15 20 times a day you know especially for my I'll say, you know, more difficult clients or ones that need more help. Some of my clients have been with me for a long time and I move them to what's called like an alumni maintenance program. And I only talk to them once a week. But for my day-to-day clients, you know, it's a handful of times, you know, before lunch usually. And it's always about planning ahead, you know, where, what's for dinner tonight? Well, I don't know. I just woke up. We'll start thinking about it now. Yeah. You know, because what happens is everyone waits till dinner time and like, shit, I'm hungry. I haven't planned anything. And they just eat whatever's available. And that's the first, you know, that's the first step to, you know, failing. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's multiple times a day. And again, some clients have a lot more questions and need more help and more guidance. Um, and others are kind of coasting and, and they get it. And it's more of send me your ketones and your blood work. Because I have my clients test their blood ketones and their blood glucose before they break their fast each day. And then text, you know, sh- screenshot your macros, screenshot your workout, you know, send me your weight in the morning. So, there's all these requirements, but all of these things lead to accountability. You can't lie. You can't, you know, eat a Snickers and then test your blood glucose and say, oh, I didn't have anything. And knowing that you're going to have to test your blood before you eat today and send it to me is really one of those accountability factors that is somebody like, well, I can't lie about my blood. I can't say, you know, and the weight fluctuates, you know, that, you know, day-to-day weight from anything from water retention to bowel movements and whatever. Um, you can kind of fib that, but when you're testing your blood, you, you can't really get around it. So I put up these kind of rules in place to be successful and uh, nobody really seems to want to cheat when they know they got to test the blood and weigh in. So it, it makes everyone more successful. That's awesome. That's awesome. Very good. For any locals listening, tell us uh, what's the vision for the loom? You're about to have the party of the year at the loom. Uh, I bring, we're, we're trying to. Wife and I are going, you know, so uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. So um, we we purchased a loom I think in April or May we closed on it um, and they just did and they've always done you know weddings and birthdays and you know re- wedding receptions and even sometimes big Thanksgiving dinners and they've always done events on the main floor um, and there's a there's a full bar and restaurant in the basement and then uh, the the people we purchased it from they lived in the third floor which is like six thousand square feet of open space with a stage in a small apartment so. It's kind of a really weird setup, but they had a massive living room. They had a 5,000 square foot open living room. These. <laughs> very, very interesting. Very interesting characters that we bought it from, too. They were some really nice guys. But 
Um, so they had, they had all kinds of things set up and they just had a massive, basically living space. And underneath that, they, they, they worked to the events. Um, our original goals were to buy it, kind of fix it up, continue doing what they're doing. We wanted to get the bar open back up, which we are really close to doing that. Um, and then on the third floor, we, we've had tons of options and ideas bounced around, but right now the, the main goal is we want to bring a, a comedy club to the area. We, we want it to be oh, comedy club to the area. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so we have room for about 450 people upstairs and we have a massive stage. Um, and we, we eventually want to have, you know, some high profile comedians coming through on a regular basis. Um, and we can, well, it's going to be set up to where the top floor is obviously, you know, the comedy show and then the, the bar and the restaurant's going to be in the basement. And then the middle floor is usually going to be like a mingling floor or whatever, but um, we're still doing events on the top and bottom floors for, you know, special events. Soon, as soon as we get our full liquor license in place, we'll have the bar open to the public. And then the, the long-term project is going to get the upstairs uh, renovated to make it into a, a comedy club. So I think that's going to be, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a super, you know, interesting adventure to, to get into. Uh, but if we can bring a new venue to the area, which is what Waverly wants, which um, obviously, you know, when it comes to financially, hopefully it'll be lucrative. But at the end of the day, just bringing something to to my area, bringing something new to our area, uh, is is going to be rewarding in itself. So um, that's that's what's going to happen here in the next. I hate to put a time frame on it, but hopefully within the next year we have a we have a big event. But as for right now, as you just said, we're looking to throw a a Halloween party. Okay, that's going to be. I don't know. Currently, I think we've got 150 tickets sold to this event, which is, you know, more than we really anticipated. But um, it's going to be, you know, booze and drinks are included, and we're got a DJ and we're gonna do a costume contest, and um, yeah, it should be a good time. Hopefully, we can we can fill the building up. And you know, one, obviously, ticket sales are important. Two, getting people, you know, hey, this is what the Loom is. A lot of people we talk to, they've heard about the Loom. Or maybe they've been to the loom for a part, you know, for a birthday party or something. But this is going to be a new thing. We plan on doing more of these events where you and I have talked about having some sort of ball or a gala, uh, you know, like a winter ball just for adults or adult prom. Um, there's so many ideas. There's su- it's such an open space, and once we have food and alcohol available, we're going to be able to do whatever we want as far as you know throwing these different events. So, um, yeah. So if you want to throw your event there, we can do that, or we're going to be hosting our own. You know, we're going to be scheduling them out through next year. That's awesome. That's awesome. Really good. Well, I'm you're pretty excited about it. Multiple businesses, you know, overcoming loss in your life, uh, taking those lessons forward, honoring your father with that new venture that you and your brother are doing together. Uh, any final words for our listeners? Any words of inspiration or anything else you'd like to share? Well, you know, it, it's hard to kind of boil it down, but it always sounds cliche, right? Like, set a goal and and don't let anything stop you to get in there. And that's kind of how how I was raised and, and how I, I've lived my life. It's, you know, if we you just set one goal and you take tiny steps to get there, um, as long as you don't stop making them steps, you can't, you can't not succeed. So, um, yeah, for anyone listening that needs some motivation, just stay true to yourself. Don't cheat yourself. You know, there's, there's a lot to be had in this life if you just go after it. And a lot of people are missing out on themselves. So, Missing out on themselves. Really good. Set a goal. Don't let anything stop you. Just keep taking the steps. Keep taking the next yep. step. Really good. 
Uh, Jameson, how can people get more of you? How can they follow you? How can they connect with or Orion or? Uh... Yeah, so we're on Facebook and TikTok. We we do all of the reels. Um, Facebook's kind of the, the main marketplace for getting old me. For anybody that's interested in coaching, I do have a website. It's OrionFocusConsulting.com. Um, other than that, if you want to come see my face, I'm at the Caters pretty much every day. If you need your car worked on. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, it was great having you. Thank you. Yeah. Have a go, Travis. All right. You too. Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah!